Welcome to Spiritual Coach. I'm the host with the most repping the Holy Ghost, Brandon Tribble. I appreciate you stopping by. Now let's get to work on them spiritual muscles. Hello and welcome back to Spiritual Coach. Today we're talking about rejoicing through hard times. Wow, that doesn't even sound like it goes together. As a matter of fact, it sounds like something made up. Because that is the complete opposite thing that you want to do when you're going through hard times is rejoice. You don't have any joy. It doesn't seem that way anyways. You want to be upset. You want to uh, ride that roller coaster of emotions, as it were. Maybe it's laying in bed. Maybe it's uh, crying. Maybe it's feeling depressed or uh, anxiety. That's what your natural response is to hard times. But God obviously wants us to go against those fleshly responses. Let's go ahead and get into the scripture. But before I do, I kind of want to give a little caveat to... There's two options. I could have went with uh, Job as my first scripture or Genesis. But scholars are split on what actually came first. Now, I particularly lean towards Job being the oldest, and there's several reasons, and that's a whole other study, but we won't be discussing that here. So, the scholars are split on if the book of Job was actually written before Genesis or not. The evidence I have seen seems as if Job was written before, but who really knows? It's not really that big of a deal breaker for me. Either way, I have scripture for both, and we can see God wants us to understand something very early on. So whether it was in the book of Job or in Genesis, he still wants us to get something clear as we start reading the Bible. He wants us to understand something. So let's go to the book of Job. And in case you're unfamiliar with the book of Job, it is the story of a man who was righteous. And he had to go through a lot of hard times. Now, I don't really see much rejoicing from Brother Job here, but we do see that he was steadfast in his faithfulness to God, meaning he didn't curse God, he didn't turn his back on him. He may have questioned him, but he never turned his back on him. Let's look at one statement Job says here in Job 23, 10 through 11. But he knows the way that I take. When he has tested me, I shall come forth as gold. My foot has held fast to his steps. I have kept his way and not turned aside. Now, if you have not read the book of Job, I really consider you reading it, especially if that was the very first book written. God really wants us to understand we're going to be going through some hard stuff, and we can look at the book of Job and gather a wealth of knowledge. But we see Job saying, hey, after he's testing me, I'm going to come forth as gold. He's already starting to realize, hey, you know, this is, this is kind of a refining process. This is starting to hurt a little bit, but I'm, I'm going to come out shining. I'm going to come out better than I was. And he says, my foot has held fast to his steps. I have kept his way and not turned aside. We do see him uphold this all the way to the end. And God blesses him two times of what he started out with. The devil took a lot of things away, but God blessed him in return. But now let's go to the book of Genesis. Even though this may not have been written first, or it may have, who knows, this definitely did happen first because it was talking about Adam. So let's look at Genesis 3.17. Then to Adam he said, Because you have heeded the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying you shall not eat of it, cursed is the ground for your sake. I want you to pay attention to that point as we continue. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. God tells him he's cursing the ground on purpose for his sake. For, for Adam's sake. He's making things difficult on purpose. And he says in toil you shall eat of it all the day of your life. You're going to have problems all your life. But it's for your sake. It's for your good. 
Now, a lot of times when we're going through hard times, that's the last thing we're ever thinking, that anything good is going to come from this. But hopefully, as we continue our study, you will begin to see why we should rejoice and why we, why the ground being cursed for our sake is a good thing. All right, let's go to Psalm 37, 23 through 26. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. I have been young and now am old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his descendants begging bread. He is ever merciful and lends, and his descendants are blessed. If you truly are a child of God right now, Christian, if you are really on his side, God will not forsake you. If you are living righteously, you will not be forsaken. You will go through some hard times. Some problems will come your way. Nevertheless, you won't be forsaken. God's right there with you. Keep that in mind. He's right there with you. He's ordered your steps. And even if you fall, you won't be utterly cast down because God is upholding you. God will cause his blessing to come upon you. You might have to wait for it. You might have to go through the fire a little bit. But you're going to come out shining. You just got to trust. You got to have patience. Even though that's the last thing you want to think of at that time. You want it, You want the quick fix. Trust me, I know. I've been there. I want, I want the immediate. God, whenever I pray, God, take this away from me immediately. <laughs> we'll see his response here in a little bit. Psalm 42, verse 5. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. God's presence, all right? His help is coming. Sometimes you might need to give yourself a little pep talk. Why are you being cast down right now, soul? <laughs> why are you hurting so bad? Why are you being so quiet? Do you not know that God's going to help you? Hope in Him. Hope in that help. It's coming. You just got to be patient. Psalm 66, verse 10. For you, O God, have tested us. You have refined us as silver is refined. God's testing us. Believe it or not, folks, while we are alive, this whole life is one big old test. Oh, man, it's tough sometimes. Sometimes we just want to be done with the test. Hey, I'm ready to be raptured out, Lord. Come on, come get me. And I do still feel that way, and I'm sure many of you do. Nevertheless, we're stuck in this test until he says it's time to come home. So don't give up. Don't quit. Don't turn your back on him. Don't be frustrated at him. Stick it out. Keep going through it. There's going to be highs and there's going to be lows. you got to ride them lows until you get to the highs, folks. That's just the way it is. Isaiah 30, 20 and 21. And though the Lord gives you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, yet your teachers will not be moved into a corner anymore. But your eyes shall see your teachers. Your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, This is the way. Walk in it. Whenever you turn to the right hand or whenever you turn to the left. Now what I get from this is God's going to allow this adversity and affliction to come our way. But it will become our teachers. And it will be ever present before our eyes. As a matter of fact, we will learn from those problems and those mistakes. And the trials and the hard times. And we will hear God through it all. and he, As if he is telling us, walk this way. Do this. And we will know. Because it's coming from the Lord. And he's showing us. And these trials and these tribulations, they will become our teachers. We will learn how to overcome. Isaiah 48 and verse 10. Behold, I have refined you, but not as silver. I have tested you in the furnace of affliction. Do you see that? God is going to allow this affliction to come our way. Pain. But it's a refining fire. It's testing us. It's, it's, it's proving us. It's improving us. It's making us better. As if we were left to ourselves, we would become spoiled little brats. But when we go through hard stuff, 
it chisels off of us the dross and it rises to the surface in the refining process and it's scooped out by the refiner and what's left is the finished product and it's beautiful but you gotta go through the heat you gotta go through the pain and then you will come out perfected on the end Zechariah 13 7 through 9 Awake, O sword, against my shepherd, against the man who is my companion, says the Lord of hosts. Strike the shepherd, and the sheep will be scattered. Then I will turn my hand against the little ones, and it shall come to pass in all the land, says the Lord, that two-thirds in it shall be cut off and die, but one-third shall be left in it. I will bring the one-third through the fire. We'll refine them as silver is refined and test them as gold is tested. They will call on my name and I will answer them. I will say, this is my people. And each one will say, the Lord is my God. Amen. We're going to be tested, folks. We're going to go through that fire. We're going to be refined as silver is refined. We're going to be tested like gold is tested. But we're going to know that God is on our side. And He is our God and we are His people. Alright, let's go ahead and get into the New Testament now. Matthew 5, 10-12 Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. We could stop right there. Hey man, that's worth it to me. I get to go to heaven. I get to be with my God for all eternity. Hey, bring on the persecution. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. All these bad things happen, and he says, Rejoice and be exceedingly glad. When, like I said before, that's the last thing we feel like doing when all these bad things are happening. Nevertheless, when you think about the great reward that is in heaven, hey, it starts to look a little brighter. And then you start realizing you're in good company. They persecuted the prophets who came before us. They persecuted the apostles. They killed Jesus, and he was perfect. Hey, I'm in good company. As When I'm going through my trials, so did all these people that came before us. And just like Brother Job, we see the end that happened in the end of the book of Job. God blessed him two times of what he had. God can do the same for you in your life, folks. Mark 10, 29-30. So Jesus answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospels who shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and in the age to come eternal life so what he's saying here is anybody who has to put God first which that's what we all should do amen we should put God first above our brothers or our family our kids or children or whoever we should put God first, and if we have to go on a mission trip or leave them or whatever for the gospel's sake, God shall repay you a hundredfold, not only in this time, in the now, the here and now, but also in the age to come. And he shall give you eternal life. Amen. That is worth it. And everything you do for God is not overlooked. He is a good master. He is a good employer. He will not pass over you when it's time for that raise. He's not going to cheat you. He's going to give you more than you even deserve. What a blessing are you putting in the work. And despite all those persecutions, despite all the pain, keep, keep striving for it. It'll be worth it in the end, folks. Luke 6, 22 and 23. Blessed are you when men hate you and when they exclude you and revile you and cast out your name as evil for the son of man's sake which is Jesus rejoice in that day and leap for joy for indeed your reward is great in heaven for in like manner their fathers did to the prophets see we we should just when people are 
coming against us and being mean to us and we're dealing with it and we're in the thick of it, we need to rejoice. We need to be thankful because the devil doesn't attack those who he doesn't deem as a threat. And the Bible says that we're not wrestling against flesh and blood. We're really wrestling against the powers behind that flesh and blood who is using and manipulating them like puppets to get to you. So if the devil's attacking you like that, rejoice and leap for joy. Be just running around your house crazy, laughing, <laughs> excited about it. Yes, I'm getting a reward in heaven. Thank you, Lord. I'm taking part in this. Just like the fathers that came before us, our forefathers, the prophets, the apostles, Jesus himself, were taking part in that. Amen. John 15, 19, and 20. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet, because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore, the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you. A servant is, no, is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. The world hates Jesus. And the world hates Christians. Don't think it crazy that all this stuff's happening to you. Because we're in these end times, folks. People are going to come against you even more and more. And when you start speaking more out against things that are evil, they're going to come at you even harder. The mocking the attacks, maybe even try to kill you. This is real life, folks. I'm not going to paint a pretty picture for you. It looks ugly, but on the inside, it's beautiful. Count it all joy. John 16:33. These things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So he's not saying you're going to have peace in this world. Unfortunately, you're going to have tribulation. He tells you all this up front. You don't have to read the fine lines, the fine print. He's telling you up front, hey, when you when you make me your Lord, it's, you're going to have to hit the ground running. <laughs> it's going to start getting tough for you real fast in a hurry. Nevertheless, in me, when you remain inside him and he in you, you will have peace. And it will be a peace that surpasses all understanding. It won't even make sense. But it will come from within, from the Holy Spirit. That even though when you're in the midst of the storm, you've got tribulation all around, be of good cheer because God's already won the battle. You're just walking it out. He's already won the war. You're just living it out with Him. Acts 14.22 Strengthening the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith, and saying, We must through many tribulations enter the kingdom of God. As a reminder, this is happening, folks. Be exhorted, though. Continue in the faith. We're going to have to go through these tribulations to enter the kingdom. That's just the bare bones of it. That's just the reality. But don't worry, it's good. Romans 5, 3-5. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations. We're, we're happy and thankful for it. Knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. And perseverance, character. And character, hope. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. See, he's acknowledging that we can glory in tribulation because tribulation is producing something in us. It starts out as perseverance. You know, you start to figure out how to get through problems. You don't always have to rely on other people to come running and help. But you start to figure out how to get through things with just you and God. You learn how to persevere through the problems, through the trials and the tribulations and the persecutions and the hard times. You know how to get through it. And then once that happens, it develops your character. It becomes who you are. Now you've changed. Now you're better. You're starting to improve. And now you got hope. The next time something else comes, now you got hope because you've seen it before. God's got me through that thing, this other thing, this, that, and the other. And no matter what comes, God's going to get me through. Hope does not disappoint. Amen.
8, 17, and 18. And if children, meaning us, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. See, if we're really on his side and we're really his, we're going to suffer with him. But we're also going to be glorified with him. Amen. And he's saying, I reckon, meaning like I, I'm telling you, I'm, as, as we contemplate this, as we say, what's better? You know, what's the pros and cons of the suffering? Is it really worth it? He says, yes. He says, the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Meaning, it's worth it to go through the sufferings because it's not even compared to all the glory that we shall, which shall be revealed inside of us, which God shall bring to us after we've suffered. Romans 8, 28, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God to those who are the call according to his purpose. All things are going to work together for our good. The good, the bad, the ugly, the indifferent, whatever it is, all that stuff is going to work together for our good somehow. God's going to work it out for our good or the good of those who we minister to or our family, friends. You never know what testimony that you've got, some problem that you've dealt with, some hard time, that testimony that helps somebody else. Is it worth it if it helps somebody to become a Christian and to get saved and, and isn't on the way to hell anymore but they're going to heaven because of some pain that you had to deal with in your life? They said, man, they got through that and they relied on God. Maybe I need to do the same. And they get God in their life and they're saved. Man, it's worth it, folks. It's all worth it. Romans 8, 31 through 39. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? And he who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God who also makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. All these things are going to come. Tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, sore, all that stuff's going to happen. We got problems in this world. And yeah, we're, we're like cheap to the slaughter in all this, yet we're still more than conquerors in him who loved us. And none of that's going to be able to separate us. It may try, the devil may try to bring that against us, but God will keep us. He will keep us in his hands. Amen. Romans 12, 12, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer. This is our, 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 our mode of thought this is what we are trying trained to do we're rejoicing in hope i'm trusting i'm patient in this tribulation i know it's going to end eventually yet hurts right now and it feels like it's never going to end but there will be an end to it and we continue steadfastly in prayer all the way through all that you keep up that prayer life keep connected to god and it will help get you through second corinthians 1 3 through 7 Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as the sufferings of a Christ abound in us, 
so our consolation also abounds through Christ. Now, if we are afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation, which is effective for enduring the same sufferings which we also suffer. Or if we are comforted, it is for the con your consolation and salvation. And our hope for you is steadfast, because we know that as you are partakers of the sufferings, so also you will partake of the consolation. The consolation is, hey, we got some good stuff coming our way. Although you got to deal with all this pain, we got a good consolation prize, and that's salvation. <laughs> that's some rewards. That's some blessings. That's being connected to the holy royal family. Man, what a good consolation prize, right? Oh, you did have to suffer. But it's nothing compared to all the glory that you shall receive. But look at that, though, again. God is the God of comfort. And he's going to comfort us in our tribulation so that we, in turn, will be able to comfort anybody else who's going through trouble, who's going through hard times, with the same comfort that God gave us. We're going to give back to them. Amen. And if we hadn't gone through it, what would they? why would they even listen to us? Because one thing that you've always heard, I'm sure, is how do you know you ain't ever gone through it? <laughs> you know? You ain't ever gone through it like I have. You don't know what it's like. I may have even said it myself before. You don't know my pain. You don't know my struggle. But what can they say if you do know it and you have gone through it? And you're able to comfort them with the comfort you've received from God. And now they're receptive to what you got to say because they're broken. And they're looking for answers. They're looking for advice. But they don't care about second-hand information. They want first-hand experiential knowledge. They want to know from somebody who's been there and done it and how they got through it. And that's why we are given suffering, pain, hard times, trials, tribulation. That's why we got to go through that so that we can help win souls for the kingdom. Amen? Is it worth it when you put it in that perspective? Hopefully, if you're a true follower and servant of Christ, you will say, yeah, I guess it is worth it. 2 Corinthians 4, 17-18 But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, meaning our bodies, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair persecuted but not forsaken, struck down but not destroyed, always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, always remembering that he died first. He was persecuted first. He was wounded for our transgressions. He went through tribulation so we can get through it too. That the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body for we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So then death is working in us, but life in you. And since we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke, we also believe and therefore speak, knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and, pre and present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that grace, having spread through the many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, even though we're going through some hard stuff, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. Even though our body's being afflicted, we got all this pain going on, our spirit man is growing stronger and stronger. Then in verse 17 it says, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. There we go again. Our light affliction, no matter how bad it is to you right now. And sometimes we stump our toe and we say, Oh man, I'm having the worst day of my life. It, but really... All everything that we go through is light affliction comparatively to the eternal weight of glory that's going to be revealed to us when we get to heaven. It's going to blow our ever-loving minds. 
It says, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, or has entered into the imagination of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. What a blessing. <laughs> this light affliction indeed. Amen. Because we have an eternity waiting for us. An eternity of no pain. An eternity of no evil. An eternity of no trials, no tribulation, no persecution, no negativity of any kind, no sadness, no frustration. We're going to be in complete and utter joy with pleasures forevermore. What a blessing. How's that toe feeling? <laughs> Not hurting so bad, is it? Now you can rejoice in the day that the Lord has made. And it ain't a blue Monday no more because this is a good day. And I'm going to be happy and I'm going to be thankful. And I'm not going to be focusing on my negatives. I'm going to be focusing on all these positives. Because believe it or not, folks, even at your lowest, even at your worst, even at when things are coming against you from all sides, you still have the God of all things on your side. And that makes everything worth it. And it's good, folks. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, the things we know that are coming. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Amen? It's but a breath, but we got an eternity waiting for us. 2 Corinthians 6, 3-10 We give no offense in anything that our ministry may not be blamed, but in all things we commend ourselves as ministers of God. In much patience, in tribulations, in needs, in distresses, in stripes, which is basically lashes or punished, you know, being whipped, in imprisonments, in tumults, in labors, in sleeplessness, in fastings, by purity, by knowledge, by long suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Spirit, by sincere love, by the word of truth, by the power of God, by the armor of of righteousness on the right hand and on the left, by honor and dishonor, by evil report and good report, as deceivers and yet true, as unknown and yet well known, as dying and behold we live, as chastened and yet not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing and yet possessing all things. Now, this was a big list here, but he says we're going to be going through all this stuff. All these tribulations, needs, imprisonments. We're going to be sorrowful, yet we're always rejoicing. Yeah, there may be sorrow in the, in the evening, but joy comes in the morning, folks. Because we remember again. We're reminded again. We're refreshed and renewed again to the truth that we're on God's side. We're on the winning team. And this is just temporary. This is just a lot of affliction. And God's going to deliver me from this. God's going to help me. God's going to fix this. And he might even give me double portion of what I had to begin with. Although the canker worm has come to steal, kill, and destroy, and devour, the devil has that roaring lion. Although the he has come, God is the one who can make anything possible. He's the one that can renew and bless and revive us again. Amen. 2 Corinthians 7, 4-7 Great is my boldness of speech towards you. Great is my boasting on your behalf. I am filled with comfort. I am exceedingly joyful in all our tribulation. For indeed, when we came to Macedonia, our bodies had no rest. But we were troubled on every side. Outside were conflicts. Inside were fears. Nevertheless, God, who comforts the downcast, comforted us by the coming of Titus. And not only by his coming, but also by the consolation with which he was comforted in you. When he told us of your earnest desire, your mourning, your zeal for me, so that I rejoiced even more. See, God knows how to make you rejoice. God knows how to comfort you. It might just be by a brother coming your way. He knows how to comfort the downcast. He knows how to help you. Even though you got conflicts on outside and fears on the inside, we can still be exceedingly joyful in all that tribulation. Amen? Because we're on God's side. 
were filled with the comfort from him. 2 Corinthians 8.2 That in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded in the riches of their liberality. They were givers. And in this giving, even though they had great, a great trial of affliction coming their way, they had abundance of joy. And even though they were in poverty, they abounded in the riches of their liber liberality. They were givers. They were cheerful givers. And they, and they took joy in that. Even though they didn't have a lot to give, they gave. And maybe that's what we need to do when we're in our trials. Give and help those who need it. And maybe we'll find joy in that. 2 Corinthians 11, 23-27 Are there ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. In labors, more abundant. In stripes, above measure. In prisons, more frequently. In deaths, often. From the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes, minus one, which is 39. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I have been in the deep or the dungeon. In journeys often. In perils of waters. In perils of robbers. In perils of my own countrymen. In perils of the Gentiles. In perils in the city. Perils in the wilderness. Perils in the sea. Perils among false brethren. In weariness and toil. In sleeplessness often. In hunger and thirst in fastings often, in cold and nakedness. Paul went through it, folks. Paul's giving you a list here. He's saying, anybody a minister of Christ? <laughs> I am. I'm more, you know, because I've gone through some hard stuff. You know, sometimes we think we've gone through the hardest things, but if you look through some of these lists, you can say, well, hmm, I don't know if I've ever, you know, uh, face death this many times. I don't know if I've had that many uh, whippings. I don't know if I've ever been on a shipwreck three times. <laughs> you know, he, he's saying, I've been in peril everywhere I go. I've been going through pain and just non-stop. And you know, <laughs> Scripture says that Jesus said, I'm going to show Paul how much he's going to have to go through all this. And this is Paul, by the way, in case you didn't know that. He said, I'm going to show Paul how much he's going to have to suffer for me. And he really did have to suffer a lot. But God used Paul in a mighty way. Paul was one of the major contributors to the New Testament. Many of the things that we're talking about and discussing right now are because of Paul having to go through all these things. And just like the book of Job as well. If we wouldn't have had the book of Job or all these experiences of Paul going through hard stuff, where would we draw our comfort from? Of course, God, but nevertheless, we wouldn't have a book of an account of men going through these things and being comforted by God. We wouldn't know the answers, but God wrote a book for us. He got men who were inspired by the Holy Spirit to do it. To give us these stories, to give us these teachings, to uplift us in our hard times. Are we going to learn from it? And then we're continuing with that same thought of what happened to Paul. 2 Corinthians 12, 7-10 Unless I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations. See, God was giving Paul tons of revelations, truths, and wisdom, and knowledge. It says, a thorn in the flesh was given to me. A thorn in the flesh meaning some kind of pain, some kind of ailment. And where did it come from? It says, a messenger of Satan to buffet me. A demon was coming against him, attacking him. Lest I be exalted above measure concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. He prayed to God three times, God, please take this pain away from me. It's, 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 it's killing me. I don't know how much longer I can deal with it. Put yourself in that. You know, we've all prayed and cried out to God. God, take it away. And this, this is what God's answer was. And sometimes we don't like this answer. <laughs> sometimes the answer we want is, Okay, son, I'm going to take it all away from you. You're never going to have to struggle. You're never going to have to go through pain. But that's not the reality of the situation. The reality is verse 9. And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. 
for my strength is made perfect in weakness. See, that, that's, that's a hard pill to swallow sometimes. Especially when you're going through the hard stuff and you've prayed and you've prayed and you're crying and you're on your knees and you're trying your best and you don't understand and you feel like you're righteous and you're trying everything you know to do but yet you're getting hit from every angle and now your body's failing and you got all these pains and you wake up every day and you just, I'm tired of the pain and you, and you go to the one source you know that can fix it and he tells you, I'm sorry, but the answer's no. You're going to have to go through it, son or daughter. But my grace is sufficient for you. The grace that I have given you, the salvation that I've given you, this eternal resting place I have for you waiting, the glory that I've given, the rewards, the blessing, all of this is sufficient. But he says, my strength is made perfect in weakness. He is strong in us when we are weak. Not the other way around. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities. That's what Paul's conclusion is. Did he get mad at God? We don't see him doing that. Who knows what his first initial knee-jerk reaction might have been. Hopefully, he was strong and was like, oh, cool. That's a good answer. <laughs> But who knows? He might have had he might have had a wrestle with that for a little bit. But his end conclusion was this. Okay, I accept that, Lord, and I take pleasure in my infirmities. So now th this thorn in the flesh has become good to me. I will rejoice in this hard time now. I will take pleasure in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses. For Christ's sake, I will do that for him because of what he did for me. For when I am weak, then I am strong. He takes it on himself now because it says that God's strength is made perfect in weakness in him. Not his own, but yet he can take that. He said, for when I am weak, I am strong. I can take God's strength and become strong in all of these things. And I can get through it all. And then with that same comfort I get from God, I can give to others. And I can go through anything. I can climb any mountain. I can go through any valley. Because God is on my side. And I'm going to be able to get through it. I'm going to be okay. <laughs> and be encouraged, brother or sister who's listening to this. The one or two of you that may. <laughs> You're going to get through it. You're going to be alright. No matter what it is. Because God's got you. If you're on his side, he's got you. You're going to be okay. Philippians 3.8 Yet indeed, I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as dung or poo-poo, that I may gain Christ. I've suffered in a lot of areas in my life. I've suffered and have lost things but it's okay because I got God. I count all that stuff as rubbish or poop or whatever you want to call it. The, the lowest refuge you can think of because I've gained Christ in its place. Everything else, that's okay. I can lose all that as long as I got Christ. The knowledge of my Lord. 2 Timothy 3.12 Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. I hate to break it to y'all, name it and claim it's out there. I hate to break it to y'all, prosperity gospels, folks. But you, if, you, if you desire to live godly in Christ Jesus, you will suffer persecution. You're going to suffer, period. It's coming. It's going to happen. How will you deal with it? Sometimes the answer is going to be no, folks. You want to name it and claim it, sometimes the answer is going to be no. Straight up no. You got to be okay with that. And you got to know how to persevere. That's got to be your character, folks. So that you can in turn have hope in the end. That I know I'm going to get through it. It's going to be alright. 
Hebrews 11:32-39. And what more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, also of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of the aliens, or, you know, the foreigners. Women received their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Still others had trial of mockings and scourgings. Yes, and of chains and imprisonment, they were stoned, they were sawn in two, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They were wandered about in sheepskin and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and dens and caves of the earth, and all these having obtained a good testimony through faith. They didn't receive the promise, but yet we do. They had to go through all that. We might too. But we learn from them as good godly examples. We might have got to, got to go through some hard stuff. But we get to obtain the promise after having gone through it. So let us have a good testimony as well through faith. And God will do a lot through us. Work righteousness. Obtain promises. Do all these awesome things through us. James 1, 2-3 My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Count it joy, folks. Rejoice in the hard times. When you fall into various trials, count it joy that the testing of your faith is producing patience in you. James 1, 12 Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Endure. Endure the temptation. You will be blessed and you will receive the crown of life. James 5, 10 and 11. My brethren, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord as an example of suffering and patience. Indeed, we count them blessed who endure. You have heard of the perseverance of Job in seeing the end intended by the Lord that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. Meaning, look, we just heard about all these prophets. We've seen their suffering and their patience. Can't We count them blessed. We saw them endure. We heard of our brother Job going through it too, the perseverance that he went through. And we see what God did in the end. We see that God was very compassionate and merciful. He's going to have the same for you. We know God's nature. We know He's good. Sometimes you just got to have patience, though, folks. You got to wait and let God work in you and refine you like the fire. 1 Peter 1, 6-9 In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, Though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, you love. Though now you do not seem yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. You're going to have to, you might be grieved right now for a little while, yeah, by these various trials. Keep that genuine faith, folks. It's more precious than gold. And what's being refined and used is more precious than gold. And you're being tested by fire, yes. But rejoice with joy inexpressible. Because there's a lot of glory coming your way, folks. And receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Keep that in the back of your mind at all times. Man, I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. I don't care how much pain I got to go through, even if it's every second of the rest of my life here. I'm saved for all eternity. I'm going to be with God in heaven. It's going to be good. 
keep that in your mind, folks. Rejoice. Don't let the pain, don't let the negativity keep you down any longer. You might get sad initially. Yeah, that happens. We're still in the flesh. And our bodies still have emotions. Yes, it hurts at at the time. But don't let it keep you down. Don't be depressed. Don't be anxious at all times. No, overcome it with that joy. Amen. And that remembrance that you're saved and you're on God's side. 1 Peter 3.14 But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you are blessed. We're going to suffer for righteousness' sake, but you're blessed. And our final scripture 1 Peter 4, 12-14 Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you, but rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when His glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. If you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you, For the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. On their part, he is blasphemed, but on your part, he is glorified. So although these people are coming against you and saying these things, they're blaspheming him, he's glorified by you and your actions. And don't think it crazy, all this crazy stuff that's happening to you. Why is all this bad stuff happening to me all the time? Why is the Lord letting this happen? Don't ask that. Don't think that. The devil's coming against you. He's trying to take you out. He don't want you to succeed. He don't want you working for the Lord. There's going to be pushback. And we're in a war, folks. Don't think that the enemy doesn't recognize those who are really working for the Lord. He's going to come at them ten times harder. The more you do for the Lord, the harder you will be attacked. Expect it. And then when you expect it, you know how to fight it. You know how to overcome and count it as joy because you are partaking in Christ's sufferings. He suffered first, remember? Now you're suffering for his name's sake. There will be glory revealed in him, but glory comes back on you as well. Be exceedingly joyful, folks. Blessed are you. God is resting on you. God is in you. What a blessing. Just to think that the God of all things is inside of you right now. Makes it kind of worth it, doesn't it? It should. Makes it fully worth it. I hope you got something good from this teaching. It's, It's been a long one, but I think it's been a good one. And you might need it. Anybody that listens to this, I know you'll need it. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned to the next one. God bless you and see you later.